Now, the Wealth Protection Diva is a successful entrepreneur, business owner, and premier business strategist, president and CEO of Sage International Incorporated, and a national speaker, best-selling author, and motivational teacher of financial education, business development, and wealth protection strategies, the joys and frustrations of being a business owner. Her insights are motivating, her frankness inspiring. Here is Sherry Hill. Across the United States, in every community, in every state, there are six to eight million homeless animals entering animal shelters every year. Barely half of these animals are adopted, which means tragically, more than 2.7 million healthy, adoptable cats and dogs are being euthanized in shelters annually. We're talking about truly sweet pets who would have made great companions. In 1997, a small group of volunteers motivated by the unnecessary deaths of thousands of adoptable pets in our local shelters recognized that Washoe County needed a new type of animal rescue facility, a facility dedicated to giving the dogs and cats at our municipal animal control shelter a second chance at life before their time ran out. Originally founded as the Reno SPCA, this charitable organization began its work by taking dogs and cats from the Reno Animal Services Shelter to off-site adoption locations every weekend, eventually placing over 700 pets in new homes during that first year. Seventeen years later, the SPCA of Northern Nevada continues to bring people and pets together at Reno's pioneer no-kill animal shelter, which is why I asked Charlene Hadwin, executive director, and Peter Droog, assistant executive director of the SPCA of Northern Nevada, to join me today. So welcome, both of you. Well, thank you, Cheryl. Sherry? Let's first address the startling statistic that there are millions of homeless pets and what you both know as the SBCA of Northern Nevada is a solid solution. Actually, Sherry, uh, there are other statistics that say that there are four million animals a year that are euthanized in this country. The one statistic that remains consistent, regardless of the national organization that's keeping it, is that 80% of those animals are being euthanized, not because of medical conditions, not because of behavioral issues, but because there is no space for them. So if you take that 4 million and you divide it by 365, that's 11,000 animals a day that are being euthanized. Look at Lawler Event Center. The capacity is 11,000 seats. So if you were to walk in there every day and fill those seats with dogs and cats every single day, that's the number of animals that are being euthanized in this country. We at the SPCA, we are a non-kill shelter. We do everything in our power to match the owner to an animal to make sure that it is a successful adoption. Well, let's let's talk about that no-kill because in doing my research, of course, there are people that are, well, should every animal be saved? So let's, let's clarify what you mean by no-kill because you said it initially. 
they're not being adopted because they're not unhealthy or or have behavior issues. If you come across animals that truly aren't adoptable, what happens to them? Well, we adopt all of the animals that come into our shelter unless it is a serious medical condition and so does the humane thing to do that we do euthanize. That is the last resort. Behavioral problems also are one area that is of concern, but we don't just jump into euthanizing an animal if it has a behavioral problem. We extend our outreach to hundreds of animal rescue groups across northern Nevada and California who specialize with certain behavioral issues with uh, dogs in particular. And so we partner with them for them to come and rescue those animals and then do what they can to change that behavior so that those home, those dogs can have a uh, happy life as well. Well, so that's nice. So what I was seeing out there was, you know, unadoptable pets living in cages for years and really that's that's not what this is about well and the, the issue is is where we draw the animals from are the animal control centers their county operations mm-hmm. promotes so they're tax paid by taxes but they can only hold the animals for so long and you have animals that are backing up at the door so they're only left with one option there are some animal control centers In this country and on the western coast of the United States, we call it a live release rate. So of X number of animals, the percentage that are adopted out or transferred out versus those that are euthanized. Some of them have a 5% release rate. That means that 95% of their animals are euthanized because they don't have the space for those animals. Where we do ours is we reach out, to, as Charlene said, to Northern California and all over Northern Nevada, and we go to those animal control centers and bring their animals in so that that creates more space in their operation so that they can hold more animals as well. And that's how the, the constant flow of animals to the homes is where we alleviate the need for euthanasia. So part of this, of course, is, you know, you guys are huge on the spay and the neutering. So let's, you know, is this systemically, there's obviously a problem. Is Mm -hmm. this one of those solutions? Oh, most definitely. I mean, (laughs) you got two choices. We either create more housing for these animals, which would be, I think a lot of taxpayers would be upset with, or people get their animals fixed. It is unbelievable the number of times that somebody will bring in a litter of puppies or a litter of kittens and go, oh, my female escaped, or a male jumped the fence. Well, duh, (laughs) now we have a litter to take care of. If everybody had their, their pets fixed, we would alleviate this problem by 80%. Which is one of the reasons why the SPCA has a low-cost spay and neuter clinic that we offer to the public every single week. And in some cases, we have two clinics a week. Uh, The demand is huge. It is uh, very affordable for people, and we encourage uh, people to come in and get their animals spayed and neutered. We want to be put out of business. Mm -hmm. That is our ultimate goal is to be put out of business because then we know that every animal has their forever home and every home has their forever animal. How do you deal with, because again, you go, you know, where are all these animals coming from that are homeless and roaming the streets 
you know, are puppy mills to blame for this? Are just people that don't, you know, a, a dog or a cat shows up on their front door and all of a sudden it becomes their pet? I mean... I think probably all of the above. Our pet of the week, for example, this beautiful uh, pit bull mix, she has had a number of litters. She came to the shelter with six puppies. And so, of course, we don't adopt any animals out until we make sure they're spayed and neutered so that we can prevent that going forward. But it happens all the time, just everywhere. I mean, it's a combination of of reasons why there's so many animals out there. We actually had a situation where a gentleman wanted to adopt one of our pit bulls and begged me not to have her spayed. I'm going, sir, that's against my charter. We're going to have her spayed. And he he got angry at me. But that's what we're trying to do to prevent these unwanted animals on the street. So if he wants a puppy, he can come back and visit visit next spring when right, another pitfall we'll that is plenty of puppies <laughs> right yes. that's pretty much it well so that's good so part of your charter you say is that as you bring in these animals that a you're going to make sure they're healthy b really is to give them you know the spay the neuter whatever it is required we've been talking about dog. let's talk about cats okay <laughs> So cats, of course, are in the same predicament. Oh, most definitely. And I know my mother had three feral cats that kept coming and attacking her little poodle dog. So she went, she's in Northern California, and she went to the animal control, and they said, well, here's some cages, you need to catch them, bring them in, they'll get spayed and neutered, and then you get to take them home again. Mm -hmm. And she was dumbfounded because she's like, well, I don't want the cats... But part of it is they want to put them back into the environment so that they do what they do best, which is rodent control and all these other things. So she was a little confused about that. Mm-hmm. But Well, it's, uh, it's called a trap and release program. And right now that's handled out of uh, uh, the Nevada Humane Society, but we do partner with them as well. And what happens with some of these feral cats is folks will catch them, take them over to the Humane Society where they will do spay and neuter and then release them and they tip their ears. So if you happen to see a cat roaming around, you see a tipped ear, then you you know that that's a feral cat. Right. But, you know, they didn't get rid of the problem for, right? (laughs) No, not really. You're right. The cats are probably still attacking the poodle. But the, the issue is, is that in animal welfare, a certain area will handle X number of animals. It can feed them. No more animals are going to move in there. And so if you were to remove those feral cats, other cats would move into the area anyway. So the reality is your mom really got protected because it's the same feral cats as opposed to yes. new cats. Well, explain that to her, would you? <laughs> is she still feeding them? <laughs> no, she's not. She never did feed them. But anyway, they like her back deck. Other animals. I know you're obviously dogs and cats, but do you end up with other rabbits or reptiles or anything? No, we don't, but we do have people calling and asking us, and we have a whole list of different rescue groups from all around the area who do take care of horses and reptiles. and That herd of turtles. It, and, yes. Exactly, yes. 
<laughs> well, that's good to know. Yeah, it's not our specialty. <laughs> so very quickly, we have to go to break. But if somebody's like, wow, I, I didn't realize we have this awesome organization called the SBCA of Northern Nevada, and they want to find out more, very quickly, where are you located? Uh, we're located at 4950 Spectrum Boulevard at by TMCC on Par Bull- off of Par Boulevard. And I have been to the facility. It's fabulous. And there's a lot of opportunity for people to get involved. And we're going to learn more about that when we come back. This is Leah Cartwright, Government Relations Manager at J.K. Bells & Associates. You are listening to the Sherry Hill Radio Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she has the ideas that make Reno work. The millennial generation gets great ideas from the Sherry Hill Radio Show. Why should you do business with Sage International Incorporated instead of filing a corporation or LLC on your own? Or worse, using one of those $99 plus state fee sites? Well, first, you actually get to talk with someone who is going to work directly with you to develop a business strategy that is tailored specifically to the business you want to start. Second, unless you know what questions to ask, how do you know if the entity you choose will actually do everything you think it should? like protect your assets and significantly reduce your taxes. For over 20 years, Sage International Incorporated has helped thousands of business owners put the proper foundation under their dream. If you want to get started on the right business track, schedule your free 30-minute consultation today. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. This is Dr. Travis Adlington, optometrist at Adlington Eye Center. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because of her wealth of knowledge and her willingness to share this knowledge. High-level thinkers have great vision, and they listen to The Sherry Hill Show. Adopting a cat or dog is not only a wonderful way to support your local animal shelter, it's also an excellent way to bring some cuddly love into your life. The Stanley James Walker Pet Care and Adoption Center at the SPCA of Northern Nevada, located at 4950 Spectrum Boulevard, which is off the Dandini exit, houses up to 60 dogs and 100 cats at a time, and they have an active foster care program as well. Joining me today, Charlene Hadwin, Executive Director, and Peter Droog, Assistant Executive Director of the SPCA of Northern Nevada. I welcome you both. And so let, let's talk about if somebody says, ooh, I want to get a dog or a cat, what is kind of the adoption process? I mean, how is this involved? Do I Actually, no, <laughs> it's not involved at all. Uh, folks can come in and they can... Uh, Look, uh, our shelter is designed so one side has the dogs, the other side has the cats. So they can just kind of go shop and go take a look. And if they uh, are interested in one particular animal, they sit down with an adoption counselor, where our adoption counselors will ask them very specifically, what are they looking for? Uh, and ask them a series of questions so that they can better understand what their needs are. Customer service is really important when you come up to the shelter, and our counselors want to make sure that they make the perfect match. So they're going to ask the right questions, and perhaps somebody might be interested in this particular dog over here, 
But we know that that dog doesn't like cats or that dog may not do well with female dogs or some sort of, you know, variable. And so then we might suggest another animal for the uh, the person wanting to adopt. And then we have a meet and greet room where they could sit down with her with a cat or with the dog and get to know them a little bit so that they can make the right uh, decision. We don't want to see the animals come back because we want them to be placed in, their, in a, a new home forever. But in the event that it's not a good fit, we always leave that door open for adopters that they can bring the animal back uh, and uh, because we, we offer a lifetime commitment to these animals. So as someone that, you know, obviously part of your charter is no dog or cat is going to leave your facility without being spayed and neutered, what else do you make sure? When we bring the animals in, the first thing we do is we do a behavioral assessment of the animal. And sometimes it may take a few hours before the animals calm down. Sometimes it may take a few days. And we'll do some testing with them. For example, we'll give them a bowl of food and then take it away from them. Or we'll give them a toy and then take it away from them. How do they react to it? How do they react to other dogs? We'll walk them through the kennel just to see how they react to it. Then we go into a medical evaluation and they basically get a physical and then they get all of the vaccinations and then if they are not uh, spayed or neutered then we put them on the schedule to get spayed and neutered and then we observe them for a period of about seven days to make sure that they're not displaying any kind of symptoms of a disease or a sickness and then we put them up for adoption. When so you they're get, in quarantine yes, for a little bit. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's, right. Yep. And then, so I like the idea that you really sit down and, you know, talk to the the individual or the family. I'm guessing you want right. to see the whole family, right? Yep, that's yep. correct. Yeah, to make sure that it is a good match because, you know, we all have in our mind that we want a certain kind of breed, or and but yet within our home environment may not be the best fit. <laughs> well, exactly. And you may have other pets in your home. So we actually encourage you to bring your pets up to the shelter so that they could meet their new prospective brother or sister. Right. So it's it's all about, we don't rush them through the adoption process. Uh, we want, we're very thorough and we figure out the right ways to say yes, but most importantly is matching the right pet with the right person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In fact, the national average for, for our animal welfare programs such as ourselves is over 8% of returns. Our return rate last year was 5%. So we're even less than the national average because we take that extra time and energy to sit down. We don't want somebody who comes in who lives in a single bedroom apartment on the top of a condo, for example, and they want a dog that needs to run. It's just not going to work. So we'll try to steer them, say, now here is a lap dog. This is a sleeper. This one you can do anything with. And we try to make sure that the family, the environment, and the animal all match. And our adoption counselors are amazing. They really do know a lot about cats and dogs. They understand behaviors. They understand different types of breeds and how effective um, they can be with the right in the right home. Right. So it's really an, an excellent program that we have that's, that's very successful. Hmm. So, and, and we're going to talk a little bit more in our next segment about all the volunteer opportunities. But again, for people that 
maybe it's just in their head right now, oh, I think I want a dog or a cat, you would encourage them to just come up and hang or take the dogs for walks to really determine in your life right now, will an animal fit, mm-hmm. right? Well, they, well, they, and they can also go on our website. So if they want to shop at home, who doesn't like to shop at home when you're in your pajamas? And they can go at www.spcanevada.org and go in and look to see all the available dogs uh, for adoption. So if they happen to see a you know, cute little face uh, that they like, they can make a call, inquire about it. And or we we do ask them to come on by and, and meet them and see if it's a good fit. Right. And I know you guys go out into the community and you host adoption events. And I think you have one that's coming up in April, right? Yes. Uh, actually, the Reno Aces opening day, uh, Consigned Furniture is actually sponsoring some free adoptions for us. And so we will be offering some coupons for folks to come in and get 50% off of the adoptions. We haven't decided yet if we're going to bring any animals out there with us if we do it would be a few dogs it's kind of hard to transport cats they aren't as they don't they're not they very, don't, yeah i'm no. a cat person yeah so yeah <laughs> that's why i like them because they're not real friendly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they only want you when they want you well that's yeah wonderful. we have some real <laughs> friendly staff. cats at yeah. the shelter though you'd be surprised so um it, so it, i asked the public to t- stay tuned on that they can also if that you don't like us on yet on our facebook play, page please go in and like us on the facebook page because we always we put lots and lots of current information about what's happening for adoption events and different activities that we're involved in in the community. Mm-hmm. So let, let so that just kind of thought process right there. I mean, a lot of people end up taking an animal from someone, right? Mm-hmm. They'll read in the paper, or they'll purchase an animal through Craigslist. Not a guarantee that this is going to be a healthy pet or the right pet for your family. So mm-hmm. I'm guessing you guys would hugely encourage people to go through your process. They they need to go to through a process, and there's never really truly a guarantee. I mean, the animal can get sick two weeks later, and we wouldn't be able to. Our turnaround time has gone from 20 days to down to about 12 days now. So even we, I personally. And I, my office is right next to the kennels. I can't keep up with the, all the animals that are coming through. Now, the kids who work for me, they know them intimately. But it's amazing how fast the animals come in and out of there. So if you're going to adopt an animal, at least we're trying to assure you that we've done all the right things for the animal. But if you get it from out on the street or, as to your point, Craigslist, yeah, you're really now... Uh, throwing the craps. Yeah, you are, and plus, you know, you may not know if it's been spayed or neutered. You really may, may not know if they're current on their vaccinations. You haven't had a vet examine them to see what any potential or health concerns they might have, particularly if they're older. So, you know, you're you're best off to come to the shelter if you're not going to go to a qualified breeder, and then you're spending lots of money. And I can tell you, a lot of those animals end up at the shelter. Absolutely, yeah. And not always, you know, healthy. Right. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So, um, yeah, and I think my very first dog, when I moved here, I went through the SPCA because there was some big event going on. And, you know, getting a dog or a cat, it's an emotional decision. I mean, we go based off that little face, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which is not always the best way, as we're discovering, that you really should be matched. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> so uh, it's a lot of fun, and and you know I've I've had pets my whole life, and all the good times I've had with them. But let's you know everyone's clear on dogs. They're a huge responsibility, and like you said, having the wrong dog in the right wrong environment is going to increase behavior problems, not decrease them. Right. 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 So what other things do you guys do up there besides just the adoption side? So, Well, Charlene has alluded to it. We do the low-cost vaccination, excuse me, the low-cost spay and neuters. We also run a low-cost vaccination clinic every other Tuesday and then each weekend. And we also go out into the rural areas and we take our vaccination clinic out there with us. In fact, we were talking this morning about a couple of possibilities coming up in April and May. And then we also uh, are the recipient of a lot of food from the food, uh, animal uh, food distribution centers. And what we have done is we have redistributed it to 60, 60 other, other animal rescues well, in this area. Yes. So all the way up to Susanville and Yuba City and all over Northern California and Nevada. Northern Nevada, we're redistributing. Last year, we redistributed $3 million worth of dog or pet food, excuse me. Wow. 290,000 pounds. And these, this was given to us. Uh, through a partnership that we would redistribute this to all the other animal rescue groups in our region. And we have done that. We've got quite the system. Thank you, Peter, for setting that up. Uh, So it comes in, we get anywhere from five to nine pallets of food and pet supplies a week. So uh, then we put a shout out to all of our rescue groups and say, come on down. And that we take, of course, the food and the supplies that we need, which reduces our costs uh, for all of our animals that we rescue. And it just keeps going and it's a machine. And we hear weekly, uh, the rescue groups, how grateful they are because but for us providing the food, they wouldn't be able to help thousands of animals that go through their small rescue groups. Awesome. Well, we have to go to break. I'm going to pick up with Charlene Hadwin and Peter Drew, both here with the SPCA of Northern Nevada. This is Dr. Cheryl Adlington, optometrist at Adlington Eye Center. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she uplifts everyone around her. Sage advice and foresight is what you get when you listen to The Sherry Hill Show. Sage International Incorporated fosters the entrepreneurial spirit by first educating our clients. In fact, we wrote the best-selling book, Incorporate and Get Rich, as recommended by Robert Kiyosaki in his bestseller, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. For over 20 years, we've taught thousands of business owners, investors, professionals, and entrepreneurs how to properly structure their business and personal assets to avoid the three flaming arrows of challenge, income taxes, liability exposure, probate and death taxes. Call Sage International Incorporated at 1-800-254-5779 to set up a free 30-minute consultation. That's 1-800-254-5779. Sage International. This is Peter Drew, Assistant Executive Director of the SPCA. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. High-level thinkers are LinkedIn, and they listen to The Sherry Hill Show. 
If you have comments about today's show or any questions, please email sherry at sherryhillshow.com. Do you have a passion for animals and looking to be a part of something great? Since 2014, the SPCA of Northern Nevada has had more than 1,000 volunteers donating more than 16,000 hours of their time. They know that volunteers are the backbone of their organization by providing assistance to staff, socializing with cats and dogs, supporting their spay-neuter program and food services, receiving donated goods at their thrift stores, promoting the low-cost vaccine clinic, and also through foster care. The minimum age to volunteer is 18 years old. Anyone under that must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. Well, let's learn more about all the volunteer opportunities with my guests. Charlene Hadwin, who is the Executive Director, and Peter Droog, Assistant Executive Director of the SPCA of Northern Nevada. (laughs) Wow, that's a mouthful. Anyway, glad you guys are here, and certainly, you know, passion for animals exists throughout our world. But of course, as you guys know, there are misfits and miscreants and strays and all kinds of things going out there, uh, going on out there in the animal kingdom. And so you guys have a very uh, specific role that you play in our community, but it takes a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about some of the volunteer opportunities and why you need folks to volunteer. Well, you know, first of all, we have the best volunteer base in northern nevada in my opinion and my opinion matters so uh and there daily we have volunteers but for our volunteers coming and helping us we just wouldn't be as successful as we are in helping the 2,000 animals a year that we rescue and adopt out. So uh, the volunteer opportunities that we always have is those folks who like to walk dogs. So we have a dog training program that we put them through. They come out, they walk dogs, and that's so critical to keeping those animals exercised so that they can be ready to find their forever home. Uh, We just recently had a situation where we had kettle cough in the shelter and so you know most of our animals were on quarantine at least on the dog side for what 10 days Mm -hmm. and now they're just going out of their minds because they can't go out and walk. Well we don't have enough staff to walk our dogs on a daily basis so we rely very heavily with our volunteers and our volunteers also serve as mentors for other volunteers so it's it's a big it's a big family we have uh, volunteer needs on the cat side where they do socialization and they'll even go in and perhaps clean some of the litter boxes or they groom the cats and play with them and and you know cats you're a cat big cat person and you know they just want to cuddle with you or not or ignore you <laughs> or not but uh you know it's it's wonderful but and, they do and they do like you in the room they so do they of ha- course. you have a cat room up there we do i thought was fantastic we have we have our our colonies and uh and it's fun i go over there at least every afternoon and go play with them don't don't tell on me but that's usually where i am when you can't find me and uh we also have uh volunteers to answer we need to answer phone to do data entry we talked a little bit about our vaccination clinic that's 
all volunteer run with the exception of our our veterinarian and and vet techs that uh, participate there. And so we need uh, volunteers who want to learn how to do data entry on that. We need to do that because we want to send out to the public cards that, you know, Fido and Fifi uh, needs their their distemper shot or whatever it happens to be. And so it's really important that we keep current on the data. Uh, We also have volunteer opportunities at our thrift store that's located at 401 Vine Street. And uh, we always need volunteers to help us sort through some of the goods that are donated to us, as well as it's getting to be springtime. And last year, uh, Starbucks came and they deployed... I don't know, 50 different employees for an entire day to come help pull weeds in our play areas. Uh, so we're, we need all of that all the time. So anybody who's interested in wanting to volunteer, they can go on our website at uh, www.spcanevada.org and click the volunteer button and fill out an application or they can call at the shelter and ask for Lily Walker. She's our volunteer coordinator and believe me, we'd be more than happy to put folks to work. And it can be anything as much as pulling weeds, as walking dogs, to socializing the cats, to working at the thrift store. We have plenty of really great work for folks to do. In fact, last week I was walking past the colonies, and there was a young lady, I think she's a college student, and she's sitting on the floor, and obviously with her textbook, and there's six or seven cats sitting around her. They don't care what she's reading. It could be engineering. It could be art. But she was just reading her textbook, and those cats were just enjoying it. Yeah. And so, that's, that's all they want is human well, contact. Well, and that's it. And, and for people that maybe they're, you know, at a space in their life where, you know, an animal in the home doesn't make sense, but they miss that connection, you have that ability to just go sit up in the cat colony room, right? <laughs> right. Or walk a dog, and you both get exercise. And guess what? Everyone benefits. Exactly. exactly. And, you know, I'd love to see little kids come up and read to our animals. Mm. You know, easier on the cat side, but, you know, we're trying to figure out how to do that and have kids come up and read to them. There have been many successful programs throughout the country. So we're we're exploring that opportunity, and we're hoping to implement something perhaps by the end of the year. Uh, so there's that's not necessarily volunteer, but it's close. It's volunteer in terms of socializing the animals, and it helps them feel better. I mean, these animals don't wake up and say, I think I'll go to the SPCA animal shelter and live there for a while, I think, or maybe not. They don't, they don't know any difference. So we want their stay there to be short, sweet, and not come back. Right. So let's talk about the thrift store real quick. You said it's on Vine Street, so people can donate, and then, of course, all proceeds go to the SPCA. Yes, we're the only um, thrift store that supports homeless animals in our region. And so they can donate uh, gently used items, including furniture. Uh, We also will pick up. And we'll deliver as well. So, um, you know, give us a call down there at 324-7776 if you have any particular questions about the items that you're donating uh, or pickup and delivery. Do you also accept donations maybe up at the shelter? You know, someone had a pet, maybe it passed, but they have leashes and beds and food. Absolutely. 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 In fact, there's a group of ladies who do make beds 
and all of a sudden they show up and we get a truckload of beds from them. And then we then turn around, if you adopt an animal, we'll give you the bed. Right. We have uh, donated leashes and collars and food. It's it's amazing the things that we get donated to, uh, to our organization. I also know, because when I was up there, like cleaning supplies because obviously you know sanitation mm-hmm. and cleaning so there are certain things that you like is it bleach or i mean what is it you guys and we have to be careful yeah. with some of those yeah. things because of the msds and yeah. the training and bleaches don't work really well okay. with cats and stuff like that so we are very particular about the products that we buy uh, to use within the cleanliness, but there are other things like Windex and. We never can have too many paper towels. Oh my gosh! There you yes. Go. I mean, just I mean, I would. It would be manna from heaven if a semi truck drove up and dumped the paper towels. I'd like to worry about where I'm going to put the paper towels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. All right. So there's a great opportunity. So for people in our community, many ways to support the SPCA, whether through direct volunteering, certainly contribution, adopt a pet. Uh, there yeah, you go. about that. Yeah. <laughs> or, First and foremost, let's adopt those animals. That's right. Or if you're feeling super generous, let's back up a semi full of paper towels for Charlene. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think we have to go to break. We come back. We're going to pick up and finish this great conversation about this real gem in our community called the SPCA of Northern Nevada. This is David Cole, author of Go From Zero to Hero on LinkedIn. You're listening to the Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because her focus is educating business owners how to take it to the next level. Sage advice and guidance is what you get when you listen to The Sherry Hill Show. Why should you do business with Sage International Incorporated instead of filing a corporation or LLC on your own? Or worse, using one of those $99 plus state fee sites? Well, first, you actually get to talk with someone who is going to work directly with you to develop a business strategy that is tailored specifically to the business you want to start. Second, unless you know what questions to ask, how do you know if the entity you choose will actually do everything you think it should? Like protect your assets and significantly reduce your taxes. For over 20 years, Sage International Incorporated has helped thousands of business owners put the proper foundation under their dream. If you want to get started on the right business track, schedule your free 30-minute consultation today. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. This is Charlene Hadwin, Executive Director of the SPCA. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is the wealth protection diva. Sage advice and guidance is what you get when you listen to The Sherry Hill Show. If you missed any part of today's show and would like to listen to the podcast, please visit sherryhillshow.com. For the past 17 years, the SPCA of Northern Nevada continues to bring people and pets together at Reno's Pioneer No-Kill Animal Shelter. Joining me today, Charlene Hadwin, Executive Director, and Peter Droog, Assistant Executive Director of the SPCA of Northern Nevada. 
And I want to talk about, you guys are a nonprofit. Many of my listeners know I'm passionate about nonprofits. I do a lot of work in the nonprofit world. And so I always like to feature organizations that are doing good within our community. Both of you are new to the organization. Charlene, I think you said you're about a year in. And Peter, you're only about 11 months in. Coming in as brand new leadership in an organization, let's let's just talk about what did you bring, what did you discover, what have you had to transform so that you're a tighter run organization? I mean, just from the business perspective of now being in charge of a nonprofit. Well, it's ironic because I walked in the door and Charlene goes, oh, by the way, we have a special event coming up in one month. And it's an entire weekend where there's an organization called Maddie's Fund where they're funding us for uh, free adoptions. And so it was sit down with Charlene and the entire staff, and you could see the passion for animal welfare was there, but the essence of business was not. In fact, Charlene will attest that one of the attitudes we had to get through is nobody can take care of these animals as well as we can. And we had to break through that and say, our mission is not to hold these animals. Our mission is to get them adopted. And for approximately 30 days, we put together, and the ironically, we the, the concept was we want this to be like Disneyland. We want the people to keep moving. As long as they keep moving, they will be happy. And so we decoupled all of the operations so that when they walked in the door, they were given the application. Somebody approved the applications. They were directed to either puppies and kittens and bigger animals. And we had people located all over the building. We had sheets with personalities of the animals. So what are you looking for? I suggest you look in this animal, that type of thing. We ended up adopting out in that weekend 192 animals. Wow. And that process, because we went from zero to Mach 3, we just maintained the Mach 3 throughout the year. And what happened was, is we increased the adoptions by 22%. Nice. The beauty of it was, is because we're not totally eliminating the fact that we can't say no, but we want to get to yes. And so we developed several, and Charlene alluded to it earlier about the interview questions. We also reduced the returns by 50%. So out of the 1,847 animals we adopted last year, we only had 106 returns. So the really interesting part of it was, was when it was all said and done, and the shelter was nearly empty. I think we had like 13 cats and six dogs left over. And we're talking to the staff, oh, how are we going to replenish inventory? And, well, we can go over here and we'll go get 40 dogs. And we can go over there and get 60 cats and go, stop, stop. This is a manufacturing process. You have the assessments, you have the clinic, and then you have the kennels. We have to balance this workload And when I'm drawing this on the board, you could just see the lights going on. Oh, yeah. We only can do so many animals a week, can't we? And so we worked them through the process because it was communication. The cat people were doing what they wanted to do, and the dog people wanted to do what they wanted to do, and the clinic was doing what they wanted. No, 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 no. You guys are all interconnected. And so we actually used manufacturing and distribution processes to replenish the inventory 
and within what two weeks we were back up and running and back at full uh, capacity. And, and that's how we operate on a monthly basis now. Of course, now we don't look at the animals as chattel, but it, at least the process <laughs> is applicable within an animal shelter. So it, it's it's very effective. It's it's helped us to uh, meet our capacity at this new shelter that was built four years ago. So hopefully we just get so good that we're going to have to expand the shelter. I I mean, I don't want to expand the shelter because I'd rather that more people spayed neuter animals and it puts us out of business. But in the event we have to have more room, then we'll be in a position to be able to do that should we decide to expand in that way. So this organization has been around 17 years and, you know, of course, people get comfortable and things. The two of you coming in as, you know, executive director and assistant executive director, I'm sure, you know, invigorated, but also you may have lost some people because they just, you know, they couldn't play in the new rules. And so from a nonprofit perspective, how important do you think it is for people to bring in some new leadership on occasion? Well, I think it's very important. I mean, I've had you know, half of my career has worked at the executive level in nonprofits as well as I've worked for a Fortune 100 company. So I've had the benefit of balancing both worlds. And uh, there's no doubt I definitely moved some people's cheese. Uh, but those that stay are very happy because they're seeing the progress that is toward animal welfare, which when you think about it at the end of the day, that's our mission that's why we're here. It's about balancing the mission with the business aspect. We have a fiduciary responsibility to this community, number one, and number two to our donors who provide us with not only goods and services, but with cash to help us run our operations. And it's our responsibility to make sure that they get the bang for the buck and that we're doing what we're, we said we're going to do and that we can demonstrate the impact that we have uh, for animal welfare in this community. And I'm very proud of this team. And one of the first things that I did was set out to change culture. And that was that of teamwork. No longer was it was cats fighting with dogs side and then fighting against the, the, the thrift store. Everybody came, brought everybody together to work as a team. A lot of cross training uh, and everyone's just working together. And I would say for the most part, you know, now employees are pretty happy there. We had some that left right away. They just they just didn't want to play, and that's okay. They went on to better things. Yeah, no, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's, that's positive. Yeah, because <laughs> new people bring new ideas as well. Right. Because otherwise, well, we, we've always done yeah. it this way. That is, oh, that's like taking your fingernails <laughs> on the chalkboard for me. Why are you doing it this way? What was the logic of starting that process that way? Oh, but that was applicable 17 years ago. It's no longer applicable today. We need to change it. We need to modify it. And to, to Charlene's point, it really is fascinating. Back to, the, for example, the food distribution. When people pull up, it's not that's his responsibility. You see two and three and four of the employees go in the back and help load up the food because it's everybody's responsibility to take care of those people so they can take care of their animals and that's and it really it is a, a, a phenomenal attitude that it permeates throughout the organization absolutely and so important because you know again you have you have your mission and you mm-hmm. got to stay true to that mission but you also have to be working smarter 
Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, we're a very lean organization. I talked earlier about the importance of volunteers. You know, we don't have that many paid staff. We have a lot of part-time folks and a lot of college students uh, who are cleaning kennels or working in the the cat colonies or washing dishes there at the shelter. And uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of turnover in that area and continue to build in a process for turnover, but to make it still a rewarding experience for the employees. And we have a very supportive board of directors, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention that, uh, because they've been very supportive in bringing us on. They recognize that it was time to take the SPCA to the next level, and uh, so they've been very supportive of us, and we're working together to see, you know, what the future holds for how we're going to help more animals in our community. Well, and as our community grows and expands, it's not the need is going to go down. Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. So there's, you know, a lot going on. Very positive in northern Nevada. And, of course, we attach to northern California, too. But, you know, it's important that you guys have it you know, dialed in, right? <laughs> you know, the other thing, too, I, I, I want to mention is is another change that we made is the importance of collaboration. So it's collaboration with the, all of the rescue uh, groups within the community. That's why we're working with 60 of them now. But it's other nonprofit organizations. I mean, we worked with uh, the Red Cross a couple of different times on those terrible fires that we had last year. So, you know, I reached out and said, well, okay, we're helping the people. What are we going to do about the pets? So we brought over food and bedding and the, the you know, different supplies that, that the folks needed for their pets. So it's, it's working with other nonprofit groups in a collaborative effort where we can all support one another and get the biggest bang for our bucks and mm-hmm. to help this community. I love this community. I was born and raised here, was gone for 30 years, came back, and I said, wow, I love how this community has grown. So I, I feel very blessed to have this position and to be able to do the things that I'm doing here at all the right. SBCA. Well, and your background, too. You know, it's business. It's, you know, like you said, this you you have to take sometimes you know other industries or way people do things, and then you can bring them into your own organization to really get maximum effect. And exactly. So, most yeah. most nonprofits have the attitude it's our mission, but if you don't treat the organization as a business, you won't have the mission for long. You have to be. You have to have funds to operate. You have to be able to develop your assets. And, for example, in our program, our operating costs, 29% of what we generate is through the adoption fees. That means that we have to, through the thrift store and through our donors, that's how we make up the delta. If we didn't handle that as a business and if donors didn't have confidence that we are maintaining our fiduciary responsibility, they would not continue to contribute and therefore the entire program would go away. So we could be the finest of what we do, but you have to have credibility in the eyes of the people who are supporting you. Right. And also you have to have buy-in from the community, right? Absolutely. A lot of, you know, certainly time and energy and effort is to make sure that people know you exist, how they can support you, or at least, at the very least, make sure they don't contribute to the cause. Mm -hmm. Cause meaning homeless pets, unspayed, unneutered pets, and just puppies and kitties being born at random 
at large. Exactly. <laughs> now, one advantage that we have, and Charlene and I kid about this sometimes, is because we wear the name badge and it says SPCA on there. I don't care where I go. If I have my name badge on, it may be the bank or the gas station. They go, you work for the SPCA? I go, yeah, I work there. They go, Oh, (laughs) so we do have name recognition. That's one advantage that this nonprofit has over a lot of others. Yeah, and that's so positive. And, you know, thank you guys from the community because, you know, we we are in a better place because we don't have a lot of animals that are just running amok, right? (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. So that's very cool. If people want to find out, you know, more information about adoption, or the clinics or the thrift store, where should they go? Uh, go to www.spcanevada, spelt out, N-E-V-A-D-A, dot org. If anybody's like, wow, I have things I'd like to donate or contribute, then they can always check out the thrift store, right, yep. on Vine Street. Yep. You guys are located up off uh, the Par Dandini exit up there, beautiful facility up yep. there. So you encourage people just to come and visit and take a tour. You yes. bet. Yep. Give, give me a call if you'd like to have a tour of the facility. We're very proud of it. Keep it very clean. It's very organized, and our staff loves to show off everything that they do. So just give me a call at the shelter at 324-7773, and I'll be happy to give you a tour. And also, if you're sitting at home and it's a wonderful evening because we have, you know, it's it's lighter longer now and you want something to do, it's okay to show up. So you could, first you have to be trained, but to walk a dog. Exactly. And there's a lot of hills up there. I mean, it's a great place to take a dog for a walk. And I used to walk my cat. I'm not kidding. I did used to walk my cat. I did too. I get it. I get it. (laughs) So cat walking perhaps, but certainly you can sit in the cat colony. (laughs) And, you know, and if... If Charlene is really not, if you're really nice to Charlene, she will give you her little light so you can sit there and flick it on the floor and watch the cats chase the light, the laser light. The laser light, yes. yeah, they love that. Yes. Yeah. And it really works out their exercise. That's and right. we, we absolutely have to make sure that you don't keep coming home with, with stray dogs. So for your wife's sake, you need people to adopt your favorite animal, right? Yep. Every week, uh, there was a period almost near every week I go that's my favorite dog and lo and behold he'd get adopted and it got to the point where the staff's going Peter what's your favorite dog now Well, I, that's going to be the next one's going to be adopted. you need to make mama your favorite dog this week she's our <laughs> pet of the week and she's a Oh, she's so strong. So I'll tell you, if you're looking for a really strong dog and you want an athletic dog that can keep up with you, Mama's your dog. So make make Mama your favorite because she needs her. She needs to find a home this week. All right. Well, thank you both for being here. Really appreciate it. And again, I've been talking to Charlene Hadwin and Peter Droog of SPCA of Northern Nevada. Check them out. Have fun. And let's solve this problem of homeless animals. Sherry, thank you. Thank you. The Sherry Hill Show values the role we play in supporting the economic engine driving this country. Small business, the backbone of America. Send her a message on Facebook.com slash Sherry Hill Show. And tune in next week, same time, same station, for The Sherry Hill Show.